And welcome back, everybody. It is the Radio Guy Podcast. Dennis Newman with you once again, and we continue our look back at 31 years of Magic history and some of the more interesting players that have worn Magic pinstripes over the years. And the former player we're going to talk to today certainly qualifies in that regard. His stay here in Orlando was relatively short. His contribution was not, and we'll talk about that as we go on. Let's bring him in right now. John Konkak, I'll tell you what, it is good to talk to you again. I haven't seen you or talked to you in a long time, but thanks for taking a couple of minutes with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's, it's been a while. It's hard to believe it. Uh, the time has gone by so quickly. You ended your career here in, what, it was 96. You played the 95-96 season. Key role player for a Magic team that went that year, good year, 60-22, and 22, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to Chicago. Before we talk about that, John, just catch us up to date. What's going on in your world of late? Well, not a whole lot. You know, I retired uh, from the NBA in 96, and we uh, moved back to Atlanta for a couple years and then moved out to Wyoming full-time for about 10 years, and then I've been traveling back and forth. Um, Both my adult daughters live in Wyoming now, so um, that's quite a bit of fun, but uh, other than that, just, uh, you know, I attend a few Hawks games every now and again and, and still work out quite a bit and, and try to stay out of trouble. You mentioned Jackson, Wyoming. I think I remember talking to you about this because it, it, it seems, as I remember, it wasn't long after you were here, you were looking at that opportunity, and you've never left. You've had the place out there all these years? Yeah, it's been great. It's uh, it's really a neat spot. You know, it's it seems uh, like it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's, you know, it's a big tourist destination, but we just really enjoyed the small town feel of it. And, and my daughters, they were uh, nine and 12 when we moved out there and they're 33 and almost 30 now. So they've been wow. out there uh, most of their life. Uh, it doesn't seem possible. I know that's, you probably feel the same way. Well, let's talk, wander back with me, John, just a little bit. Let's remember a couple of things about that one season you spent in Orlando. And as I mentioned, I mean, that was a very good season. It was one of 11 you spent in the NBA. But how do you remember the one year here in Orlando with the Magic? Well, it was really interesting because I had signed, you know, the Hawks drafted me in 1985, and I had signed a four-year deal. And then I was uh, a free agent restricted in 1989, and the Pistons made me a big offer, and the Hawks matched. And I was there for another six years, and I was, you know, kind of content with my NBA career, but I, I just wanted to see what it was like to play somewhere else. So when I um, was, you know, contacted by the Magic, I was very excited, you know, to play for the DeVos family. And it was really a total shock to me how much further ahead they were with, you know, how they did stuff for the team and with the private airplane. And, you know, they built the practice facility that next year after I was there and uh, the medical center and all that stuff. So they were really ahead of their time. And the one thing I'll say about the organization is they really viewed the team as part of their family. Um, I remember in training camp, uh, Rich DeVos had us come down to his home one night, flew, flew the plane to get us, and we flew down there. And after dinner, he brought us all in the, in the den. And, you know, this was Shaq and Penny and, and Horace Grant and Nick Anderson and all the guys. And, he said, you know, I want you guys to know you're, you're like members of my family. And I was just shocked to be sitting in the home of the owner 
and to have him really feel that way about the players. So it was really nice. I wish I could have played longer. Unfortunately, I was just at the end of my career with my knees and, and my physical ability, but I, I really enjoyed Orlando and the fans and the organization. It was a great time. You know, it's funny you bring that up, John, because I've heard players talk about those meetings with Mr. DeVos over the years. And and I can imagine, especially you sitting there for the first time, you hear him say that and you're kind of looking at each guy on the side of you going, what is this about? But it's it's really true. As you say, I'm sure you found it true with Mr. DeVos, and I've seen players throughout the years develop relationships with him. And, and now that he's gone, I know they miss him a lot. But that was a special guy that really not only said that you're part of the family, but made you part of the family oh no question i mean he he basically said listen if if you need help finding the church if you need help finding um you know getting your kids into a school into a private school if you need help finding a financial advisor i mean i i was just stunned because you know when the hawks drafted me in 1985 ted turner owned us and then about four years into my career there he sold the team to Time Warner, Time Warner bought him out, and then they were sold to AOL. And so we had corporate ownership, and, and there was nobody around. There was no owner. And so I was just really taken aback of, of playing for somebody that really meant it. And I, and I really think the teams that have owners like that consistently are the ones that continue to win because the guys feel a part of a family, and they, you know, they play for that, uh, for that family, and I really think it goes a long way. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Go back to that decision, though, John. You're at the, as you mentioned, you're, you're at the tail end of your career. You want to play somewhere else. Did you have other offers, or was it simply you got the offer from the Magic? You realize, you know, this is a good team. Went to the finals last year. I'll fit in and and just pick them immediately. Well, I, I basically had three other teams that were interested, so. Uh, Orlando was one of them, and they were they were over the salary cap, so they could only offer me a, uh, a a minimum exception or whatever it was. Miami, Pat Riley was the coach, and they had a pretty good team as well. He had offered me a three-year contract that was for quite a bit more money. Uh, New Jersey had made uh, an offer, and the Utah Jazz had made an offer. And, and it was really my feeling, you know, I really wanted to try to win the title. And I know with Orlando, with them going to the finals, I thought it'd be a great time for me to go really help back up Shaq and back up Horace. And what happened, if you remember, Shaq broke his thumb in training camp, and I ended up starting the first 24 games. And I played quite a bit more than I really anticipated. And, you know, my legs, my knees were were really, you know, kind of at the end of the uh, at the end of the line, but it, it was a great experience. You know, that team, those guys were fun to be around, and we had a great camaraderie. So it was it was a great experience. I just wish I could have been a little bit younger because I think I might have been able to help contribute a little more. But at the same time, that was the Michael Jordan's first full year back from the retirement, and they won seventy two games that year. And they were they were on a mission to to win, obviously, another three championships. 
Yeah, you point out something pretty interesting because I, I don't think a lot of people remember that Shaq injury. And he, he ends up playing just 54 games last year. Uh, that year, he misses 28. You started 35 games at the tail yeah. end of your career for the Magic team. And really, you know, I think as credit to you, that team didn't slip. I mean, that was a 60-win team on the year. You stepped in, played what, about 19, 20 minutes a night and played well. Yeah, no, it was. And, and I remember it was kind of funny because I think our record – in the first 24 games was either 19 and five or something like that. It was really good. And then when Shaq came back, obviously we were a much better team, but our record was very similar. And, and I used to kid Shaq and said, Hey, you know, we won as many games. Our, our percentage win percentage was the same when I was starting as when you were starting. But like I said, I think if, if Jordan would have kept and stayed one more year away, I think we would have had a chance to win the title that year. You know, I look back at that year. Shaq was, what, uh, 24, if I remember correctly. Penny, a year older, 25. As you remember playing with those two guys, I, mean, I remember tra- I didn't travel with the team then once in a while, but it was, like a, it was like traveling with a rock band, wasn't it, with those two guys at that time in the NBA? Yeah, they were um, they were fantastic players, and and honestly, um, I really felt Penny was probably that year, uh, the ninety five ninety six season. I thought he was one of the top two or three players in the whole NBA. Um, he was fantastic. You couldn't guard him, and, and you know I I played with Michael Jordan on the Olympic team in eighty four and knew him for you know, for my whole career. And, and during that season, Jordan was having a difficult time guarding Penny. So it was, they were so youthful. I just wish they would have understood that, that it was really a little more urgent because, you know, they went to the finals in their third and second year, respectively. And then I think they thought they were going to just keep going every year. Now Shaq went to the Lakers and, ended up winning the title four or five times and Penny, you know, had the knee injury and never got, you know, close to winning the title. So we had a great team. We were young, but I just think the Bulls had, you know, the season of the ages that year and they were destined to win. You know, it's interesting the way you look at that and great perspective for you at that time because you were a veteran player and played in the, in the league for a decade. But what, what's the old line from W.C. Fields' youth? It's wasted on the young. And that, you know, you just knew that these two guys were going to be around a long time. And I think you said it perfectly. I think at the time, as a fan of the Magic, I think a lot of the players felt, you know, we're going to win for a long time, decades in this city. But you you knew, having played in the NBA, that, Boy, sometimes it's a very dear thing, and it goes away very quickly. Well, you're exactly right. And and even in all sports, you know, a lot of times, because I'm a huge NFL football fan, you know, the window of opportunity in all sports sometimes is only open one year, sometimes it's open two, sometimes it's open five. It's it's like the Golden State Warriors. You know, they had maybe one of the best five-year records ever runs ever and now they've won 10 games and obviously they've got guys hurt and and KD left but my point is the you know you've got to understand when that door is open or that window is open you've got to step through it and try to win the title because you never know when you're going to get another shot at it you mentioned Penny John as a big man what was it like to play with Penny Hardaway on the court he was extremely gifted. I, I, before his knee injuries, 
He was about six foot seven, six foot eight, and he had awesome athletic ability. And he could get wherever he wanted around the basket. And, you know, his, his outside shooting was remarkable. I mean, he was – that year, he was as skilled a player as any player in the NBA. And, and like I said, I just felt bad for him because the leg injuries, the knee injuries really took – a lot away from his talent at the latter part of his career. But those those first three or four or five years, he he was just a really special player, great guy. And, you know, he really tried to do what the team needed him to do to, to be successful. So I, I've got nothing but good things to say about him. Any of the other guys that you played with on that team, John, or just the team in general stand out to you from that one season you were here in Orlando? Well, all, all the guys, you know, they, we had some great players. Horace played really well. You know, Shaq missed, you know, the first third of the season, but he came back and was dominant. Nick played great. Uh, Dennis Scott played great. I mean, we had, we had a really unique team. And, you know, we handled every other team in the NBA very well, except for the Bulls. And, and I think, you know, there weren't, uh, Seattle could probably say the same thing and maybe one or two other teams that year. But but the Bulls that year were just dominant. And, you know, it's just it's just a fact. We just they we couldn't match up with them at all of the positions. You know, Rodman was was a tough get for us. And, and if you remember, too, in that uh, Eastern Conference final, Horace dislocated his elbow in the in the first half of the first game and sat out the rest of the the, the three games. So we, we went into that series, you know, I think we were up 14 or 18 at halftime in two of the games, and they ended up coming back and, and beating us in both of those games and then ended up sweeping us in the series. So we had a great team. The guys were great. I mean, it was as much fun as I've had playing basketball, especially professionally. And, and like I said, I just wish I could have played you know, the year before with that team, because I might have been able to help them get past the Rockets. And I just wish that team could have stayed together uh, a little bit longer. But, you know, that's the way the business goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It was a special group. It was a special time. I always like to ask guys, John, from that era, how do you remember playing at the old Orlando Arena? And, you know, I'm looking at your home record when you were here that year. You guys were 37-4 and at the Arena. Yes. I mean, there couldn't have been too many negative feelings about that building for you. Well, I, I'll tell you this funny story. So the first first preseason game – we're sitting in the locker room in Orlando, and all of a sudden I hear this boom, 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 and I'm like, I'm I like, know where this is going? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember who I was sitting next to, but I was like, what the hell is that? And they're like, oh, you'll, you'll see in a minute. Don't worry, you'll see in a minute. And as we went out of the locker room and went into the hallway before we ran out, you could hear the boom, and it was all the fans stomping their feet you know, in the arena. And I was just stunned because Atlanta, we had, we had good crowds, but it was nothing like Orlando. And it was such a home court advantage. Um, I, I just loved playing there. The fans were great. Uh, the city was great. It, it was really a great experience for me and, and my family as well. 
And as we look back to that team, your head coach was Brian Hill. Now, you had had Brian, as I remember, in Atlanta. Did that make it a little bit easier for any transition you had to take care of here? Yeah, I mean, he was uh, an assistant, uh, I think, two or three years uh, under Fratello with the Hawks. So I knew him. Um, he was a he was an easy guy to play for. You know, he was no BS. You know, he was very well prepared. So, you know, as long as you did, you know, did your your business and 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 played hard, you didn't have any problems with uh, with Brian Hill for sure. How about Richie Adubato? Do you, do you remember Richie much? Richie does the radio with us here at home now. I, I wondered if there was a, a Richie Adubato you had in your pocket. You might be able to tell us a story about Richie over the years. <laughs> you know, I really don't. He was a great guy. I just, you know, it was so long ago, and I was only really there for one year. Um, there, there are just other things that I just kind of remember more. But yeah. he was he was great. Our coaches were great. Um, you know, our training staff, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, team managers, everybody was, you know, it was so fun to be around. And, and like I said, it was really a, a family atmosphere. Right? It's something that most of the guys, I'm sure, and myself included, really miss. Before I let you go, John, I want to talk to you a little bit about your career before that because you, you had a wonderful basketball career, good high school career, actually a great high school career in the Kansas City area, and you got a lot of folks recruiting you. How many schools recruited you your senior year in high school? Um, a little less than 100. Um, I played on the uh, Junior Olympic AAU tournament in 1980, and that kind of that was before my senior year, and that really kind of got me – in front of all the scouts. Um, back then, you could visit six uh, universities or colleges. My six were Vanderbilt, SMU, Stanford, Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. So I had three private schools that I was really interested in, and then I had the three kind of basketball powerhouses, Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. And I, I just really liked SMU. You know, I went down there for a visit. I really like Dallas. I like the campus, and obviously that's where I ended up. And it was uh, it was a great decision that I made. I was going to ask you about Dave Bliss. We're sitting here at the Amway Center right now. Oklahoma City's in here, and Dave Bliss is on that bench with Billy Donovan, which is somewhat interesting. We're talking to you right now, but how do you remember Dave? He seemed to be at the time one of the premier coaches in the college game. Yeah, you know, he was a Bobby Knight uh, disciple, you know, was, was uh, kind of brought in uh, under his, under his uh, leadership. So he was, he was a tough coach. Um, we were very well prepared. You know, I, I like the style that we played. My freshman year, we were awful. But the, but the beauty was I got to start every game. We had another kid, Larry Davis, who was a freshman, that he and I started every game. And then we added – uh, that second year, a point guard and a, and a two guard, uh, Butch Moore and uh, Carl Wright. And from there, that core group of four players playing together three years, you know, we beat some great teams, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, uh, lost to Georgetown by a point in the 84 uh, NCAA when they ended up winning it that year. So for a, such a small school, we ended up really having some huge results. And you had the ultimate success. I mean, they retire your number a few years back, I remember. Well, you know, not everybody gets that opportunity and that experience. What was that like for you when they hung number 53 in the Raptors here at SMU? You know, it was really cool. And still to this day, there's, it's only been myself and Jim Krebs 
um, who have had their jerseys retired. Um, it was a huge honor. It was back in 2008, um, and both my parents were still alive at the time. Uh, my mom uh, and my siblings were able to come. My, my dad wasn't, but he got to see the uh, videotape of it. And uh, since then, they both passed. But it, it was nice to, uh, to let them uh, enjoy that. And, and, you know, I've got nothing but great memories of SMU. So it was a, a great time in my life and a lot of fun, uh, you know, playing basketball there. And, and within that experience, you get to play on the Olympic team, win a gold medal. That was an interesting Olympic team, though, wasn't it? I mean, that was a team that was constructed. I've talked to Jeff Turner, who was one of your teammates, a little bit about that team. But it was constructed to beat the Russians that year, who ended up not playing. But boy, that, that had to be a big, tough, physical team. Yeah, and it was, you know, I, I really believe that that was the best amateur Olympic team um, ever, you know, we have Michael Jordan, Patrick Hume, Sam Perkins, Chris Mullen, Wayman Tisdale. Um, we had some great, great uh, players, and you know, Bobby Knight was a tough coach, and you know, he really, really prepared us well. And you know, we were undefeated, obviously, in the Olympics, and got to play against some of the NBA All Stars in some in some pre Olympic matchups. So we got to play against Bird and magic and isaiah i mean it was a, just a wonderful experience it, it was the highlight of my uh, athletic career and and you know to be on the team w- which were the last amateurs to win the gold medal for the u.s is something that you know i'll never forget how close do you stay to the nba game today john do, do you watch much you know, it just depends. Now, during the playoffs, I watch quite a bit. Um, like I said, we'll go to a couple games, two or three a year. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm really into a lot of other sports. So I'm a big NFL football guy. I like watching the college playoffs. Um, I enjoy baseball, you know, the NBA. I mean, uh, the NCAA, March Madness. I mean, I'm watching sports constantly, but – the NBA, like I said, during the regular season, I keep track. But once the playoffs start, you know, I'll tend to watch quite a bit more. As I remember, you were a big outdoors guy, too. Obviously, you got the place in Jackson. Do, do you hunt? Do you fish? Yeah, you know, kind of did all that as soon as I retired. Um, you know, got into big game hunting. And, you know, my daughters are, are really into fishing. So right now they do ice fishing. It's 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 quite a thing. They go out on Jackson Lake and get an auger and drill a hole in the ice and and my youngest daughter she's got a little two-year-old now little boy so they they go up there usually you know on a saturday or sunday during you know almost every weekend during the winter and ice fish so they they love it there they love the outdoors and and when the little guy gets a little bit older we'll go do a little bird hunting and as he gets a little bit older then his dad will do a little big game hunting so it's it's a beautiful place for all those types of activities do a lot of people still recognize you, John? I know you're seven feet tall, so it's hard to miss you, and they know you probably play basketball. But do you get a lot of people still come up to you and recognize you from playing in the NBA? Yeah, and it just depends on where I'm at. Um, yeah. You know, when I'm in Atlanta, obviously uh, quite a bit. Um, when when I'm not, not near as much anymore. Um, but it, it's funny, you know, we, we were in L.A. Uh, four or five years ago, and and we flew in later at night, and we were getting the rental car, and, and I, the keys weren't in the rental car. And anyway, the young kid came over, and he looked at me, and he goes, you're John Conkak, aren't you? And I'm like, how the hell do you recognize me 
in the middle of the night at the Hertz rental car place in L.A., but but there's still people that, you know, remember it like it was yesterday, um, which is kind of nice. And at the same time, it's nice that it's faded because when you're an active player, you know, for me, being so tall and being in the media a lot, I mean, I couldn't go anywhere without being recognized. So it's it's really slowed down a lot, and it's 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 really pleasant now. Well, I'll tell you what, John Conkak, thank you so much for the time. I know it's precious to you there, and you've been kind to share a lot of minutes with us right here. But yours was a short stay here in Orlando, John, just that one season, but a very good season, and uh, we thank you for the memories. Thanks for the time, John. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll, we'll uh, get down to a game soon. All right, we want to see you here. I hope you will. Right, contact us. Love to get you down here and bring the kids. It'd be fun to see you again. Thanks, John. And that concludes another Radio Guy podcast. Thanks for spending a few moments with us today. Special thanks again to John Conkak. We'll look for you again soon right here on the radio.